What do the numbers 10 and 25 have in common? They are both multiples of five. They both represent different amounts of coins in U.S. currency, and they've been rumored to go on vacation from time to time. But when you put them together, you do get October 25th, which is the 299th day of three out of four years, including this one, 2022. I'm Sean Tubbs, and this is the relevant edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement for this day. In today's program, the Virginia Department of Transportation has not yet signed off on an entranceway into the future Biscuit Run Park. Charlottesville City Council gives further direction at an early work session in the development of the fiscal year 24 budget. Council is poised to approve $200,000 in funding to keep the Premier Circle shelter open through the end of April. And there's another $20,000 in funds to help purchase reusable bags for eligible populations for when the city begins charging five cents for each plastic one. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, have you been thinking of converting your fossil fuel appliances and furnaces into something that will help the community reduce its greenhouse gas emissions? Your local energy nonprofit, LEAP, has launched a new program to guide you through the steps toward electrifying your home. Thermalize Virginia will help you understand electrification and connect you with vetted contractors to get the work done and help you find any rebates or discounts. Visit thermalizeva.org to learn more and to sign up. It has been nearly 12 years since the Commonwealth of Virginia purchased nearly 800 acres in Albemarle County's growth area for the purposes of creating a state park. The land had been slated for the Biscuit Run mixed-use development, but the previous developer found a buyer in then-Governor Tim Kaine. It has been nearly five years since the Commonwealth of Virginia entered into a ground lease with Albemarle for the county to program the 1,200-acre park an agreement signed by then-Governor Terry McAuliffe in January of 2018. McAuliffe had requested a $42 million bond package during the 2016 General Assembly, but that did not make it through to passage. That would have paid for at least some of a master plan to program the park. At the time the county accepted the park, they had expected to use $5 million in mitigation funds from the Atlantic Coast Pipeline for programming, However, that project has since been cancelled, and that's meant the county has had to invest its own funds to open the park on a limited basis known as Phase 1A and Phase 1B. Here's a section from page 296 of the fiscal year 23 budget. Elements of these phases include a park entrance with an asphalt access road, parking spaces, a vault toilet, design and construction of a park's maintenance facility, multi-use trail system expansion, including new trail boardwalk and footbridges, and connector greenway trail, enabling bike and pedestrian connections with destinations beyond the park itself. The main element in Phase 1A is the park's entrance from Route 20. Design has been underway for some time, and at one point, this phase had been expected to be completed by the end of 2021. However, according to a new report from the county's Department of Facilities and Environmental Services, 
the Virginia Department of Transportation needs to sign off on the schematics, and additional survey work has been needed in order for a waiver to be granted. Here's page 12 of the FES's Fall 2022 report. The design team is currently working on field survey to finalize the waiver submission, county site plan, and water protection ordinance plan submissions. The report states the goal is to advertise for a company to perform grading work for the project this year, with construction starting early next year with a substantial completion date of next fall. This particular story will be updated by the time it gets to Information Charlottesville, answering some of the questions I sent out to the county earlier this morning. There are 168 days until Charlottesville City Council will vote on a budget for fiscal year 2024, which begins next July 1st. Between now and then, a lot of things will happen, including discussions of a capital improvement program, a final cost estimate for the expansions and renovations at Buford Middle School, and a fresh round of real property assessments for over 15,000 parcels in Charlottesville. Soon after, City Council adopted the fiscal year 23 budget and the first real property tax rate increase in at least 30 years, the five councillors expressed a desire to get involved with the process earlier in the year. That's why a budget work session was held on October 17th. Here is Interim City Manager Michael C. Rogers. We paid attention to that in the schedule this year. This is the first effort to, for us to lay out for you what the budget process will be and uh, to discuss some of the, uh, the challenges that, uh, and opportunities we will have in 24. One key date is February 15th. That's the date that public notice for increases in tax rates are due. Chrissy Hamill is the city's director of budget and performance measurement. So if we want to talk about um, changes in any of the real estate tax rates, uh, we need to do that. And we'll talk about that um, before February 15th. Charlottesville City Council will officially review the budget for the first time on March 6th. Between now and then, a lot of things will happen, including a review of the Capital Improvement Program budget by the Planning Commission. Submissions from departments were due on October 7th, and Hamill said there have been significant increases in the financial amounts requested. A lot of things are happening in the budget for the current fiscal year. Council has agreed to use one-time funding from the American Rescue Plan Act to hire more personnel, including $1.1 million to create three battalion chiefs in the Charlottesville Fire Department, $176,000 for the Human Rights Office to hire an investigator, and nearly $700,000 to increase salaries for school bus drivers and Charlottesville area transit drivers. The next budget will have to be built off of those additional salaries, without the likelihood of new cash from the federal government. The city is also responsible to pay for new firefighters that have been used using a federal grant. So all of these together total about three and a half million dollars uh, that the expenditure budget will be increased as we start this process. Hamill projects tax revenues to grow between 2% and 4%, and she expects a $4 million surplus by the end of the current fiscal year. However, she said there are a lot of unknowns that could come up during the next three quarters. It's unknown at this point how meals, sales, and lodging may, con whether they will continue to perform strongly or whether we'll begin to see some impact um, as um, things with the national economy change. 
There's also concern that higher interest rates may have an effect on the upward climb of property assessments. Other factors for council to consider are the effect of collective bargaining on salaries, the future of Charlottesville area transit, and an increasing need to maintain sidewalks and build new ones. Interim City Manager Michael C. Rogers said the fiscal year 22 budget resulted in $14 million of additional revenue for the city to spend, and fiscal year 23 is projected to result in around $4 million. He said conditions will be different in fiscal year 24. This next budget will be much tighter, and the decisions uh, that council will have to make will be um, uh, much harder. Hamill said the process will be similar to how it always is. Just like for any other city, um, there are always way more um, needs than we have funding. Um, and I think that it's important that, um, you know, we're able to keep communication lines open, that council is able to um, keep us informed of where, what your priorities are and where you would like your focus areas to be. City Councilor Brian Pinkston said he wanted his colleagues to go into the budget process understanding that further tax increases may be necessary to cover all of the desired spending. From my perspective, at least, I want us to go into this knowing that there is, it is possible we may have to raise real estate tax. I hope not. Last year, Council advertised a potential tax rate increase of 10 cents, but Rogers' recommended budget did not use it. Council opted to go for a one cent increase. We're going to try to balance the budget uh, with the revenue that we know. Right. And then council will have some choices to make. One of the biggest factors will be the final cost estimate for the renovation and expansion of Buford Middle School. The school board had a briefing on that in September and saw estimates higher due to inflation. City Councilor Michael Payne said he has been critical of using American Rescue Plan Act funds in broad categories and hoped further allocations could be more strategic. This budget cycle, there's going to be a list of, you know, 20 things that are all very important and legitimate. But how are we going to prioritize, you know, what makes it to the top this budget cycle? Payne said he believes it's important to continue funding affordable housing projects built by the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority and the Piedmont Housing Alliance. The affordable housing plan adopted by council in March of 2021 calls on council to spend $10 million a year in this area, including the hiring of staff to monitor whether projects actually remain affordable. I think there would be some pretty enormous consequences if we're... um, not able to fund those projects anymore, and they basically just have to stop halfway. Charlottesville Mayor Lloyd Snook's priority is shoring up the city's workforce. I've been telling folks for the last six months that this coming budget is going to be dominated more than anything else by attention to staff salaries Mm -hmm. and personnel issues. And Mm -hmm. if that means what we need to do to rebuild the the staff and to hire the 70 positions that we are now down, we're advertising 70 positions, that it's not going to happen with less money. City Councilor Sina McGill said she supported spending more money on staff salaries. I'm willing to raise taxes on this. Affordable housing, that's, we're not going to get the deeply affordable housing unless we have, unless we are making an investment with public funds. 
You can visit the city's government jobs page to review all 71 applications that are open. There will be much more happening in the near future on the budget. And guess who's going to be there? Charlottesville Community Engagement. You are listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and in today's second subscriber-supported shout-out, the Charlottesville Jazz Society wants you to know about their last show of the year, coming up this Friday, October 28th. The Society will present French modern jazz group Ozma as they celebrate their 20th anniversary with the first-ever tour of the United States. Borrowing largely from rock grammars, traditional music, and electronic landscapes, Ozma's music has been praised for its willingness to imagine John Coltrane jamming with Radiohead, or explosive drummer Billy Cobham playing with the best New Orleans brass bands. This show is Friday, October 28th at Unity of Charlottesville on Hydraulic Road. For tickets and more information, visit seavillejazz.org. Now back to City Council. There were a lot of action items in the October 17th meeting. So many of them have already been covered in the October 20th edition of this newsletter and are now archived on Information Charlottesville. There are links to seven stories from that newsletter at infoseville.com. But that wasn't it. There are two more items from that meeting to go. First, Council was asked to appropriate $565,000 from the city's share of the American Rescue Plan Act, or ARP. That's part of a larger pot that Councillor Michael Payne alluded to earlier in the program. Um, there's currently about $2.3 million of unallocated ARP monies. Council was asked to approve specifics on how to spend that $565,000. This round was mostly intended to purchase items for the city except for the last item, which we'll hear more about in a moment. The items are $50,000 to hire additional ambassadors through the end of the year to assist with the reopening of City Hall, $300,000 to purchase additional automated external defibrillators for city facilities, $15,000 to upgrade the city's access control badge system for employees, and $200,000 to continue funding emergency shelter operations at Premier Circle. That latter amount is the city's share of a $500,000 initiative to cover the cost of the 92-bed non-congregate Premier Circle Emergency Shelter. That's a joint initiative of the Blue Ridge Area Coalition for the Homeless, the Piedmont Housing Alliance, and the Charlottesville Area Community Foundation. Albemarle County is contributing $200,000, and University of Virginia Health is contributing $100,000. This would cover operations from January of 2023 to April of 2023. Here's Anthony Harrow of the Blue Ridge Coalition for the Homeless. The long term is actually it's going to be developed as permanent supportive housing and affordable housing. So that's the that's the future of the site. Um, 80 units of permanent supportive housing is going to be developed by Virginia Supportive Housing, and then 60 units of a multifamily affordable housing will be developed as well by PHA. Hiro said the emergency shelter will remain open through the end of April. The shelter at the former Red Carpet Inn on US-29 is operated by the group People and Congregations Engaged in Ministry, or PACHEM. 
Charlottesville Mayor Lloyd Snook asked a question. What, what happens for those folks after April? Well, we're doing our best to provide, you know, okay. case management, transition to housing in the community. <clears throat> Should that not be available, housing is very difficult to come by, even though we have rental assistance opportunities um, and, and housing choice vouchers as well for some of the, for, for many, actually, many of the people at the Premier Circle program. Haro said after April 30th, there will be efforts to keep an emergency shelter open for those community members. So in May, Virginia Supportive Housing plans to break ground and um, on their 80-unit facility. Virginia Supportive Housing is the developer of the 60-unit crossings at 4th and Preston, which was completed in 2012. Here's a section from the website for that project. VSH offers on-site supportive services through case managers who help residents stabilize, reclaim their lives, and retain their housing. Haro acknowledged the need for additional emergency shelters and said there was work underway to locate sites for that use. The executive director of Pacham gave an update. Pacham has begun very actively to explore um, what a, a permanent, uh, f- uh, f- like fixed site, full year round shelter would look like. Um, that's while, you know, continuing to run um, Premier Circle, where we have around 70 folks right now. Whitehead said Pacham is also gearing up to operate cold weather emergency shelters for the winter. Several counselors said they would like to assist with efforts to create that permanent emergency shelter. Here's City Councilor Brian Pinkston, followed by Vice Mayor Juan Diego Wade. I would love to, to see that. And, you know, I'm, I believe the city, maybe we could partner with Impact or whomever, I don't know, but um, in the county, try to figure out something that's, it's permanent. I, I would like to see like a, a true mission center type where you can go in and really get all the services that they need and not necessarily direct them to a different place. And I know, I think Roanoke has one, some other cities have places like that. Council held the first reading of this item and it will come back on their consent agenda for the November 7th meeting. In their final action, Council held first reading on an item to spend $20,000 to purchase reusable bags for those on federal and state benefits. The 2020 General Assembly authorized localities in Virginia to authorize a five-cent tax on plastic bags. Here's Deputy City Manager Sam Sanders. We, along with Albemarle County, will be launching that January 1. I've continued to work closely with the county uh, to make sure that our efforts are in alignment with theirs so that because our residents move back and forth between the city and the county, we want to ensure that there's no real concern in regards to understanding what's different about whatever we may be doing. So our goal is to try to do it in in conjunction with one another. The $20,000 is an estimate of what may be required to purchase the bags. The revenue will come from whatever the tax yields when it is collected. Anyone on SNAP or WIC benefits will be eligible to receive up to two bags. It is our desire that we would eventually be able to come back to council once we have better clarity as to how much is generated, that there may be a surplus over the replacement of this $20,000, that we might be able to expand bag distribution for other uh, populations that may need that intervention. The funding can also be used for environmental education or litter cleanup. Sanders said the bag itself will be of high-quality material. How much does each cost? $3.57. 
This will be on Council's consent agenda on November 7th. And that's the end of episode 448, an afternoon edition. The goal is always to get these out early, but sometimes a meeting comes along that takes several editions to get through. There is so much to cover in any given week, and there are definitely times when I know that Charlottesville Community Engagement could use additional staff. Perhaps by episode 996, there will be more than just myself, but until then, I can honestly say I'm living out a lifelong dream. And you all are sustaining it simply by reading or listening. My business model is based on the idea that roughly one in four of you will make a contribution, something that's held up for the last two years and remains on track. I believe that there are many in the community who want detailed information about what's happening. And that's the career I have trained for and in which many invested in at earlier parts of my career. An added bonus for this whole thing is that Ting will match the initial payment if you decide to contribute $5 a month, $50 a year, or $200 a year through Substack. If you do, you'll get the occasional first look at some content. If you're at the $200 level, you get some shoutouts, and you will know that you're helping me write and produce a great amount of material each and every week. Whether the material is great or not, that's up to you to decide. And even if you don't sign up for a paid subscription to the newsletter, Ting wants your business. And if you sign up through a link in the newsletter, you will get free installation, a $75 gift card to the downtown mall, and a second month of service for free. Just enter the promo code COMMUNITY. Please drop me a line if you have any questions. Correspondence often takes a while for me to get to, and I apologize if I have not responded. It is good to be busy, and I thank you for paying attention, and I thank you for your patience if you have tried to contact me. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of this program, and I'll be back in the near future with another episode of Charlottesville Community Engagement. Now, when will 449 come together? I don't know. We'll soon see. There's still a lot to get to. Goodbye. <laughs>